coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. So I am uh, Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church in Jefferson Hills. And I'm Mark Berkshire with Mark Berkshire Ministries in Fairchance, Pennsylvania. Okay, which brings up a question. My wife and I were talking about this because you just recently relocated. Are you further south? Are you still, where is Fairchance in relation to where you used to live? I'm nine miles from where I was in Leckrone. So I'm still south. Yeah, I'm, I'm still in southwestern Pennsylvania. Um, I'm about 15 minutes from the West Virginia border here. Okay. Fair chance. So right on 857. When things loosen up, uh, we can still go back to that restaurant. If that's they, still a, a good spot to go to? Oh, they're open, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, they're oh, open. You might have to go down there. They're open for in-seating dining? Yeah, the, you were talking about the Chinese buffet, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah see yeah, that? You have, you have to wear gloves, you know, to get your food, which you, you do it the first time, and then you don't do it anymore because the gloves tear apart. So, but, you know. I would be willing to wear gloves to get some of that food. We, we yeah. might have to schedule one of those. That's uh, <laughs> anyway, that's the, the bad thing. So, again, we're getting off topic, but. Well, actually, it's it's the topic we're going to talk about. How should people of faith respond to <clears throat> schools not opening or schools that are opening or schools that have a hybrid type of opening? And this is a perfect example. There's an area where there's not a lot of uh, activity as a result of coronavirus. So their restaurants are open and they have some limitations. Whereas here uh, in Allegheny County, there's still a lot of Restaurants cannot open, or you can only have you know ten percent of your seating capacity, um, and and you can't serve alcohol, or you only can after this time. Not that I care about the alcohol, but and and Christy and I were talking about a whole county is being penalized, judged, and set to rules that may only impact a certain area, but they're not doing with that with schools, with right. schools. There are certain school districts in the county that are making decisions, we're going to do it this way. And there are certain school districts that are saying, nope, we're going to do it this way. So why, why can't that be done? I mean, that, that's the smartest thing I've seen. Not that I'm one to judge. <laughs> all this, what's open, what's closed, is that they're allowing certain districts to make decisions based on what they're dealing with. And why can't that be done with the counties and the businesses instead of across a whole county, you're being penalized because maybe in one corner of that county, something's going yeah. on. And I, and I take it a step further and say even the churches, you know, because churches are being limited to what we can do, you know, and uh, that's, that's another, another thing, way to look too, you know. Yeah. I mean, if a church in, in a certain area, I mean, I'm sure within and I'm using Allegheny County because that's where we are. And that's, well, that's where I am. And that's what's um, considering one of the hot spots. But if you look across the county, it's not all over the county. It's certain high densely populated areas within the county, like downtown Pittsburgh. Yeah. Pittsburgh. But, you know, areas like, you know, Elizabeth, PA, areas like 
<clears throat> even West Mifflin, they're not as hot. They're not seeing as many numbers, but they're being penalized as if they are, and those businesses are hurting. So schools, apparently, I don't know, what, they're giving them the, the ability, which is smart, to say, hey, every school district is different. So every school district, if you're going to open, here are the guidelines. If you're not, here are the guidelines. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> what about the ones that, let's talk about the ones that are planning on opening. And I, I don't have any by name. I was told a few that said they're going to open, but I don't know that for sure. So I don't want to throw out any names and give any incorrect information. But what about the ones that are going to open? What, 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 how, how are parents supposed to respond to like, okay, you're, you're opening, you want me to send my child, but you know, there's still a risk or. Well, I kind of look at it a different way. We're, we're opening here in Fayette County. We're opening in, in my school district, Abergallatin School District. They're going to do two days in school class, um, not changing rooms or anything. They'll be in their room the entire eight hours or six hours, whatever school is now. And they have to, the kids have to wear a mask and, and sit in their own seats. They're not allowed to share paper, pencils, anything is like that. that. You know, is that for a specific grade or is that for all grades? That's for all, all grades in Albert Gallatin School District from what I okay. understand. Okay. And then they have, um, they will, they will do, they will do in-class school for two days. And then the rest of the week is online. And um, I don't know. I I have very mixed emotions about school opening. I have several school teachers in my family. Um, they have to be in class regardless. Um, but the thing that the thing that I look at is we know that this is not a real threat to children. This virus does not affect kids at all, basically. Um, and we know that the teachers, most of the teachers, with the exception of a few, are in the younger age group. You know, most teachers are between 22 and, and 40 years old. Most of them because the older teachers are retiring and they're not coming back. So I would think that we would be able to open up the school safely five days a week with teachers wearing masks or face shields and students. Um, you know, I, I saw on, on, um, on the news I don't know, this was a while back, but in one of the European countries, they actually put plexiglass, like plexiglass cubicle around the kids' desks. So that protected the teachers, that protected them, that protected everybody else. Kids didn't have to wear masks. They were right there unless they went to lunch or to, you know, recess or whatever, then they wore masks. So there are safe ways of doing it. I, I just don't know for a Christian's response for a parent, a, a Christian parent who has school age kids. I I have 
I have issues with public schools anyways. So I, I'm just thinking. That's, this that's is, like a whole other. <laughs> right. That's a whole different thing. A whole but, other podcast. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think I that. I agree with you. I agree with you on that. There was, yeah. Yeah. We so, I, I mean, I think a Christian really needs to seek the Lord's guidance, pray about it, and uh, and get get wisdom, get get input from very wise people that know the school. Talk to your doctor about it. See if what they say. Make your make your decisions on a very informed basis don't just say i'm not sending my kids because i'm afraid of the risks or don't say i'm sending my kids because i don't care i need a break you know um which are valid valid points but make informed decisions on it don't just jump off the bridge because you don't see how you're going to get across the to the other side uh, let me share quickly three things that we talked about at our Sunday celebration um, <clears throat> yesterday. Uh, this is the way we kicked off our Sunday celebration. Uh, I asked everyone to commit to three things. First and foremost, that we're not going to harass, belittle, or berate teachers that do go back or teachers that don't go back. Because most of them, all of them really are just trying to, one, they're trying to do their job. And if they're boss administration says this is what we're doing they're just trying to follow suit they're trying to be safe that doesn't mean that they believe they should or shouldn't they're just trying to do their job and educate our kids so you know i just i just ask that we commit not to when you see teachers either griping about going back online because they're frustrated or one's griping about not going back or whatever that we're not going to harass them they're just following the decisions. They're not the decision makers and they have enough on their plate. I asked us to number two, commit to praying for uh, our school district and all the school districts, because no matter what decision they make, everyone is not going to be happy. The ones that say we're going to go back, they're going to be parents that are just like want to sue. The ones that say we're not going back, they're going to be parents that want to sue. The ones that say we're going to do a hybrid, they're going to be parents that want to sue and teachers. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. uh, they none of them have done this before and have calculated here's the best way to do it so <clears throat> i ask that we continue to pray for the administrator administrators and staff no matter what and third and this is the one that was biggest to me is that we not let this divide the church no matter what the schools decide or the government decides that we the church stay united and not start condemning each other, which we see happening, like you were saying earlier. I don't remember if we had started recording yet or not, about masks and about churches meeting indoors and inside and outside. I was <clears throat> just got an email from another pastor who was talking about people upset because their church is meeting outside because they can spread out. Uh, they have the equipment to set up, and so they're meeting on their property in their parking lot right outside, and somebody wasn't happy with that. And so they're like, well, I'm going to go to a church that's reading inside. So I just ask that we not let this divide the church. But I want to bring up a question uh, because you uh, said that somewhere that they were putting plexiglass around the students. Yeah, it was somewhere over in Europe. Um, uh, One of the countries that has been hit hard with COVID, 
but they saw the need to get the kids back into school. So they put plexiglass cubicles, basically, around the student's desk. And so the student had to sit there in their space, but it was confined three sides, not all four sides, just three sides. And, um, and they had class and it's working well. And I was just thinking that would work great. And I know here people would push back and say, well, the problem is the kids have to move from class to class. And I'm like, well, no, they don't. You could, instead of having the kids move from class to class, just have the teacher move. And that way there's less interaction, less risk. Granted, give them time to get up, right. straight, and take a break, but that would and be- that's, that's what they're doing there. The kids aren't moving. The teachers are moving yeah. and rotating. And I know classes. the teachers like their classrooms, but hey, we're not in ideal situations. We're in, uh, you know, for no. lack of a better term, apocalyptic-like situations where you're trying to survive a virus. So hey, if and, that one teacher has yeah, to move and, from class to class, make it so. Yeah, and the teachers would still have their homerooms. They could decorate the way they wanted to and do the things they wanted to because that first period would still be your homeroom class, and then you could move from from there. You know, um, I think that's a very logical solution to the problem. And I think, um, and I, I again. I don't have all the answers, but as I was talking with someone else about this on Sunday, uh, we're talking about rather than, because no one knows for sure. Everyone's saying different things happen. Some are right. saying it doesn't affect kids. Some are saying, but those kids can still transfer a teacher. Uh, and there are parents who are saying, I want my kids to go back. And what we had come up with was, hey, uh, all those parents that say, I want my kids to go back, you'll be the first. All the rest can stay yeah. home. <clears throat> we'll see what happens. Right. We'll we'll test how do we get them back and forth with with buses. We'll test the best way keep them in their classes and have the teachers move. We'll test all that, and then you know we do six months, nine months, three months, whatever, and say, hey, here are the results. This works. Let's bring more people back. Or hey, this doesn't work. We got to think of something else. But rather than yeah. an, an entire school district. And I'm torn like you. I, I think the kids need to be in school. And every time I hear, you know, some science, hey, the kids won't. Then I hear some science, the kids will. Like they, they started sports back. And I'm like, hey, that's great. They started sports back. But at the same time, they're like, this school started sports back. This school just reported X number of, you know, positive tests as well. So <clears throat> Before you commit a whole school district to something, why not just test it out and revamp it yeah. and say, this is what we have to use for now. And, and what they do is they take the, the students' temperatures as they come in the door. So, you know, they're being tested that way to make sure they don't have any symptoms or anything and, and doing it that way. The older teachers, if they don't, if they're, they have health issues and they don't feel comfortable with that, then let them do a, let them be at home teaching the students via a, a situation like this, where we're on Zoom and talking back and forth and they can be talking to their students and getting the, the questions answered and stuff, you know, um, 
there, there's all kind of ways to be creative with it. Now you said something that I, I want to touch on real quick, and that is the don't don't um, beat up the teachers. And I think that's very important because I think as humans, we have a tendency to really show our, our colors when we don't agree with something. Yeah. And, and we need to, we need to be more Christ-like and understanding that teachers are in the same boat. They've never done this before. Um, they, they've never had to go through this. Um, so this is new for them too. And, and, and they can only do what the school boards allow them to do. Right. So it's not necessarily the teacher's fault. It's the school board making the decisions. And so we need to be very careful on how we, how we treat these teachers because they, you got to remember teaching is almost like a pastor. Teaching is not just a career. Most teachers, it's a calling yeah. to go in and teach these kids. And so a lot of them are, are feeling the burden of a either not being able to teach the kids and having to restrict it to online, which kind of limits you. And so a lot of them are feeling the burden of uh, wanting to, to, to be in front of them. Uh, but also a lot of them are feeling the burden of wanting for their kids to know that their kids are safe. Because right. you, know, you, if you're teaching and you know something happens to your children on your watch in your classroom, you're gonna feel horrible. So a lot of them don't want that responsibility, but they do want to make sure the kids are educated and uh, and 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 they want to make sure the kids are safe at home. Yeah, because there's a lot of lot of kids that are. Um, I, I don't know any statistics or anything, but I, I know there's there's kids that are being abused by their parents, a lot of it because of the frustration their parents are under because they can't work because they have to stay home for the kids because you got more than one or two kids, it's kind of hard to go back to work because daycare would kill you in, in finances, you know? So, so they have to have some plan to one of them stay home. If you're a single parent, that makes it even harder. So there, there's a lot of, a lot of things that for the reason why we should be back in school. Um, but is the other thing is kids are kind of scared. They don't know what to expect going back. Um, I have a, one of my, um, one of my nieces is a special education teacher. And, you know, the kids are, are afraid because they're afraid to get COVID and die. Are you there? Yeah. Uh, hold on. Let me pause this for a minute. Um, okay. Yeah. I have a niece that is a special ed education teacher for elementary kids. Um, and, I mean, some of the things that she's hearing is that they're, the kids are afraid to go back because they're afraid of dying of the virus. They don't understand the concept of what all of this is. They hear the adults talking about it, and then they just think, you know, that they're going to die. I had a friend that said, 
Uh, he lives down in Arkansas, and he said he was coughing the other day, and, and his little granddaughter, who's only two or three, came up and, do you have the virus, Pappy? <laughs> he said, no, I just have a cough, you know. So it is a concern. And, and I think that one of the things the school can help with, getting back into school can help with, is to educate these kids that it's okay to resume some normal activities. You know, um, they can talk to their friends, even though they can talk to their friends in Zoom and stuff, but that's not the same. <clears throat> they, can, they can be around them and talk face-to-face, -face, so to speak, even though it's through cubicles, to their friends, you know. I think the one of the things that the kids can do as well is they can help by, I know no one wants to do this, but doing the social distancing thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I mean, I, everyone's putting a lot of weight on social distancing and masks. And, you know, like you were saying earlier, some say it does work, some say it doesn't work. I don't think it works in every situation. I think it helps. Anything helps. But um, I feel like if we would just buckle up and say, okay, we're going to do this. And if it doesn't change, then we want you to realize that stop putting all these restrictions because they're not, they're, they're, they're not helping. They're, they're creating more of the problem. And I think especially among young people, that's going to be one of the hardest aspects of the school environment yeah. is just social distancing. Right. And, and the thing is, they, yeah, you know, they see, a, they see on TV all the protests and all the stuff that's going on and people standing side by side without masks and, they're saying, well, they can do it. Why can't we do it? You know? And um, so and I, I, I get the, the statement that I hear people making of, well, that's worth the risk, but you're not making it seem like that's worth the risk when you say, hey, churches can't meet, casinos can meet up to this number, protests can meet up to, you know, 200 people as if the virus has some kind of mental calculator to know, oh, they're in this number, it's okay. You're, you're sending mixed information. And so to a youth, a teenager, a child, you know, elementary kid, high school kid, they're thinking, whatever, they don't know what they're talking about. And they're just going to throw it all out the window and hang out with right. them and fist bump and hug and laugh because that's what they do. So, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and it's, in one in one sense, I feel that that's okay. Let them do it and see how, like you said, see how it goes. Um, because I mean, we we've, we've seen public funerals where there were thousands of people there, side by side. No, you know, very few masks in the in the place, and you wonder, okay, what's going to come out of that? And, and I don't know, you know. Um, there are some, some well-named pastors out in California just this past week that have said that this past Sunday, they were reopening no restrictions, nothing at full capacity because they're, they're not letting the government control God's work anymore. And I, 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 I you know, I have mixed feelings about that. And it's a little off the subject, but it's really not because they're opening their schools, their Christian schools. 
So we'll see what happens with that. And they're opening their Christian schools without restrictions. Here's my only, my only hesitation in that is I would not want to be the pastor that puts all this and says, you know, we're not going to let the government tell us how to worship, yada, yada, yada. I do that. And then people get sick, which is, those are the articles we see. There are lots of churches that have been meeting since this began with no problems. They haven't made the news. Yeah. They're not seeing people get sick, <clears throat> but it's going to be the ones that say, we're not going to, you know, that make a public statement. And then something happens that's going to get blown out of proportion and make right. people then, you know, where's your God? Or I thought God this, or I, I just wouldn't want to be that. But at the same time, like you, I'm torn uh, because I don't, I don't want to limit or prohibit what God is able to do. Yeah. Um, uh, so I just, I yeah. just pray for them and pray that, pray that it all works out. Yeah. And, that, and that's, that's all we can do, you know, and, and it's, it's just a hard, it's a hard time we're living in, but it's a, it's a time that has been told that was coming, you know, so we shouldn't be surprised with any of it. There you go. So what can Christians, what should Christians do now, whether they're parents or not parents? Um, are they able to have a voice and should they contact like their school district and say, here's, you know, what I want. I know you're making decisions because every parent that has kids is going to be impacted. Should they be contacting to say, Hey, you know, take this into consideration or, or what can parents Christian, I'm specifically Christian parents be doing now uh, with regards to all this. I believe we should be Christian parents should be active in their child's education. They should be stating their views, not just about opening, but they should be doing this all along about what's being taught in the schools, what's being, what's not being taught in the schools. Um, all of that should be coming from the parents' viewpoint. They should have a say. They should be able to go and and present their present their their ideas. Drop a letter to the superintendent you know, whatever, whatever it takes to do this, because dropping a letter to the teachers isn't really going to help. Because <coughs> like I said, they're, they're not the ones making the decisions. You have to drop it to the superintendent and to the school board members. So yes, I think Christians do need to voice their opinions one way or the other, um, but do it in a, a loving, humble way. Don't be aggressive with it. Don't be smart, you know, coming across as a smart aleck with it. Or Just, arrogant or holier or than arrogant. Yeah. Right. Do it in a, a very Christ-like manner. Um, and I think that, you know, you may be heard, you may not be heard. But at least your viewpoint is out there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Christians should be showing up at the school board meetings, uh, contacting their local school board representatives, because most of the school boards are made up of people in the community. Um, mm -hmm. So I think they should be contacting them. 
showing up at the meetings, even if they're digital. The digital, that's even better because you don't have to make a commitment to go. You know, you can be sitting in the bathtub with your phone, right. attending a meeting, and, and they never know. But um, yeah, they definitely should. So, how can Christians pray? Be praying now with regards to schools opening, not opening, hybrid schools. What should we be praying for? I think first and foremost, we should be praying for God's guidance and God's wisdom. Um, God, remember, God, God uses non-Christians a lot of times to to promote his his agenda. So we need to pray that God's wisdom and God's God's um, view is seen. Um, that's the first thing we should be praying. We should be praying for the teachers that they would be um, that there would be less stress on them. A lot of teachers are under a lot of stress with this. Uh, pray for them that the stress levels don't get to them. Um, we need to be praying for the superintendents that they make the right decisions and they open their ears and listen to other viewpoints that may be against what they have. Um, we don't, we, we cannot pray. We cannot ask God to do something that is going against his word. So if we pray, Lord, just remove the superintendent because he doesn't know what he's doing, that's not a very good prayer. <laughs> you know, it may be the fact that the superintendent needs to be removed. And certainly we can pray that the Lord would lead someone to take that position. But we don't need to be smart aleck in our prayers either, you know. And I would let I would say let the school board and let the, the, the teachers and the principals let them know you're praying for them. Don't just yeah. don't just not you know, just say your prayer and don't say anything. Let them know you're praying for them. Encourage them, be an encouragement to them. Even you know, if they uh, don't share your religious beliefs, I would still say, yeah. Right. Yeah. There's examples yeah. throughout Scripture. <clears throat> exactly. And there's examples throughout Scripture how God has used non-Christians to do his, his Nehemiah. That's a perfect example. Yeah. The king was not a Christian. He was not a believer. But he allowed... He allowed Nehemiah and helped pay for some of the rebuilding. So, you know, that, 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 the, all through scripture says, I think that's the way we need to pray. We need to pray, Lord, your will, not my will, not, not, not my, my will as a parent, not my will as a, as a person, but your will be done in this situation. And, and be specific in your prayers. Don't just do a general prayer. Be be specific in them. I, I would add one thing to that, and that would be to pray that the decisions, yes, godly wisdom, pray for teachers and staff, be specific, let them know, but add that the pray that the decisions that are made are not based on political uh, aspirations, that the decisions yeah. that are made are being made based on what is in the best interest for the 
students, the families, the school district, the community, that there's no political pressure because uh, a lot of people in those positions will tend to give in to political pressure. Well, yeah. you know, so-and-so says this or Republicans want this or the Democrats want that or whatever. And it may not be what's best for that school district. So I would right. just add to in our prayers, pray that the decisions that are made are not political because so many political things are, and I know we say this every, you know, election cycle, that this is the most contentious political, but I, this one really is. Um, yeah. Really yeah, it is. So uh, uh, just pray yeah. that, hey, regardless of what politicians want, because unless their kids are in the school, really could care, you know, doesn't matter, you know, unless yeah. their kids are in the school and they're a part of the community, uh, then it, it doesn't matter. But yeah, just pray that. And I think I think finally pray that you would have a heart of obedience and acceptance, even if it's not what you wanted. Yeah, yeah. Because, like we said, not everybody's going to get what they want. No, no, it's not going to happen. No matter what decision is made, uh, somebody's not going to be happy. And I would add, pray that they make decisions soon so that parents have time to prepare. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. like you said, pray that. Okay, they've decided to. To, to, to have school that's not what I as a parent wanted. All right, God, give me, you know, whatever I need so that I can go along with this and make this happen. Or they decided not to have school. And that goes against what I want. Whatever the decision is, as you said, pray that God would give us the wisdom and insight to go along with it. And uh, Yeah, again, uh, here, 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 here. decision soon. Yeah. Here's something else I would say as Christ followers we should be doing at this point. Um, and, and some may not agree with me, but some will. Search out someone in your church family that you can invest into their lives. What I mean is, if you have someone in your, if you have a family in your church family that is, has two or three kids, they need to work, both couples need to work, or both parents need to work. Seek out and say, hey, how can I help? Can I take the kids and work with them through the school day on Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, whatever day they are doing their cyber stuff, so that you can continue to work, so you can continue to do your what you need to do to provide for your family? I mean... Some parents are going to say, no, I've got this. But there's a lot of parents that are going to say, God bless you. I can't believe you're doing this for me. I think this is one of the benefits of being a small church because we have so many families that are reaching out to one another and helping one another to the point mm -hmm. where even when people are no longer a part of our church, we're still connected with them, helping them. Uh, how can we help? Because, you know, we're still the body of Christ. So uh, right. not saying that doesn't happen amongst larger churches. Just it's more difficult to make those connections amongst 3,000 people uh, than yeah. it is amongst, you know, 30 families. So a lot easier. Yeah. 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 Those are, those are crucial. Being there for one another, supporting one another. Right. Uh, doing what you can. Because there's some families that, okay, they, I, we've got to do this cyber school thing again. I don't have the resources. I don't have the know-how 
to help my kids through this. And there's other people in the congregation who may be like, oh yeah, I got this. Let me, let me, you know, I, yeah. I, I can help them in this area. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a, a very important thing. And I think it's a very biblical thing, you know, to, to reach out and help one another, you know, um, that's what God tells us to do. That's what Jesus taught us to do. That's one of the benefits of, of being a part of the body of Christ. Cause like, oh, there you go. I was going to say, it looks like you're frozen again, Lloyd. Oh yeah. You just froze. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> and I believe this wholeheartedly is just remember, we are not citizens of this world. If you're a Christ follower, you are not a citizen of this world. We are living here, we are traveling here, but we are not citizens here. And everything we do, whether it's making a decision to send our kids back to school, whether it's making a decision what we're going to have for dinner tonight, should all glorify God in the end. It right. should all be glorifying to God. So on that note, uh, unless you have any final comments, uh, do you want to pray for us? And then we will wrap this up. Okay. Father, we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy towards us. We thank you that you, you see the future. You know what's ahead of us. And you've already been there and have already been working on it and planning things out for us. We ask, Lord, that you would be with our schools, our, our superintendents, our teachers, our board members, Lord, that they would just seek wisdom from you, um, Lord, that um, they would, they, even those who do not know you would, would get, get your input on this, uh, just because we know you can do that. And, uh, we just ask that you would be with us as believers, that we would we would be encouraging and not discouraging to those who are in charge, that we would be we would be um, lifting them up in prayer, that we would be um, just maybe even sending a note here and there saying, Hey, just thought I'd let you know I'm praying for you today. And and teachers need that kind of in encouragement and we just ask that you would help us to be the body of Christ help us to be the light in the darkness the salt of the earth as you you want us to be and we ask this all in Jesus name amen 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 all right well thank you guys for uh I was gonna say watching but listening <laughs> <laughs> and uh we will see you soon with another podcast and i'm i'm really hoping and praying uh that we don't have to do one on race that things ease up and that uh, the church steps up because uh, they're the ones who really should be leading this <clears throat> amen i'm just praying that we don't have to do one on race but i feel like we we may need you but we will see we will see yeah <laughs>